So, I, like I said, I've been, I've been on this particular service um, in, for the last three, four days. Interestingly, some of the things I want to talk about this today, I wanted to share them on Sunday. But around 2 a.m. on Sunday morning, I was on a conversation with a friend and I just knew, okay, I'll, I'll start a series. I'll start that series we started on Sunday. Then I, I knew that, I, I, interestingly, I, I don't have my notes written, so I brought my personal study notes and um, just the things that I use for my, because I have my personal study and I have a church notes where I just put my, my, um, my thoughts down on my teaching because I try to, um, I met, some of you met me at that time when I used to, I think both of you met me at that time when I used, you don't have option, you met me at that, <laughs> you met me at that time when I still used to teach without a um, jota long, I'll just be going because I mean, you should know what you want to say, but now nah, more better because I think it is more organized that way to know your thoughts. So what was the, um, I, I think I will just start with the anchor text that we used last week. And we said, um, we, we said something last week and I, I just want to continue on that tangent. But like I said, it would, it would be like a multi-layered conversation. Um, and I trust that we'll, our ears will be open to understand what we are saying tonight. I, I told us that the most vulnerable, the, the most very, mm, the most vulnerable time in the life of a Christian is um, after a major victory. And I say, and I told us last week. I said, um, and and you know, this might not necessarily be after a special meeting. It could just mean that, um, it could just mean that you probably got somebody saved, got somebody filled with the Holy Ghost that you have not done in a long time. Are you getting what I'm saying? And that can just, you know, you could... I remember the first time I, I, I actively prophesied. I mean, um, actively, I, I've, been, I've been having inclinations before then. But it's like saying the, the first time I was bold enough, it was like, Favor will remember that more. It was a very early morning service. Favor was in that. I, I, interestingly, Favor seemed to be in many major things, but not all. But Favor was in that morning service where we're having an ESCO meeting. Then I was leading a church at that time. This was quite some years ago. Oh, wow. It's been many years now. This was quite some years ago. And I just, we were about maybe 15, 20 at that time. And I just, we were praying. So I just stopped the prayer and I just picked everybody one by one. Everybody except her. And I just picked everyone and I gave them an accurate, this is what is going on, this is it. And everybody was surprised. Ah, this, 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 this. So, you know, that, that alone can be like a victory. And if you don't know how to handle that, and, and I'm talking to you based on a lot of experience. And if you don't know how to undo such a thing, it could even be, oh, maybe as an individual, I just bought a new car. I just, you know, achieved something major in natural. And you know, you, there'll just be that sense of, let me celebrate, let me unwind, let me just get into the groove. And that alone, it can be, it, it can be the most vulnerable time of your life. And if, and if you are not careful, you might not know how to undo it. That's why a lot of people tell people that, some people say, I've heard some people that say, it's better to taste poverty first before you have money. So that when you have money, you know how to spend it very well, <laughs> you know, because it can be a very, a most vulnerable time of your life. And, and that's why I didn't narrow it down to just major meetings alone. 
I majored it down to just even our lives in general. You could get somebody say maybe you have not done outreach in a long time, and you went for outreach and you just get somebody say you get somebody fueled. You probably opened a blind eye. You you probably got somebody out of a wheelchair. You know that that to you might be a major victory. That's a that's in the 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 best time of your life to be very sensitive. And that's the most time of your life that you need to be on guard. Let me use that word, guard. And I told us, I, I showed us stories from scriptures, and I explained. And one thing that a lot of us always like to wait for, which is not too good, is that there's a way to keep our fire burning or to stay with, what did we say is the message? It was like to stay with the flow. There's a way to stay with the flow even after a major meeting. And there's a way to keep the fire burning. And many of us, we, we kind of like to wait for special meetings where we're like, oh, I'm waiting for that meeting. Some people now, they finished um, camp meeting. Now, the next thing on their mind is they're waiting for the next, maybe they're waiting for the end of the year service. Another special meeting that we rekindle. No, that's not how to be smart as a believer. That's not how to be smart. So if you keep living life that way, you would not make much progress in your Christian work. You wouldn't. So, and, you know, you, you must, um, keeping the fire of God's spirit, it's your responsibility. Uh, I mean, it's your responsibility to do, and there are instructions in scriptures in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17, it says, quench not, and we spoke about that last week, quench not. Um, we even spoke about Leviticus, where it says, we must keep the fire burning, and, um, you must, and we said, um, one thing you must always observe, I mean, if I've observed this, after a major meeting, there seemed to be a new fleshly desire in your mind. For those of you that have been going for a lot of special meetings, I mean, if I've observed it, that they just, a, a new fleshly desire just come to you, play. You were just, it seemed like you can just get more worldly. And I gave you my own personal experience of, there was a couple of years ago, I went for a meeting where we, we spent, I, I, is this is the kind of meeting I go for in December where I, we just retreat. One of the things we do in that retreat is like a conference, and I, I do it because I mean I'm a pastor. I, I want to be able to. I've been giving, giving, giving all the year. I, I I see it as a way to shut down and receive again. And let me tell you how the retreat is made up of. You we we spend the first twenty eight that that year we spend twenty. 28 to 29 hours praying stretch. I mean, and it was my first time. Ah, I said, <laughs> I told myself after I finished this meeting, I will not prayer. <laughs> if anybody call me for prayer again, they are joking. So, because we first, so we first prayed three hours before the pastor came in to teach. And after the teaching, then we now did about 28 stretch. So, me in my head, that first three hours, I thought that that was the prayer. Uh, I was even telling my friends, is this what they say is hard? Interestingly, in the middle of the prayer, I was tapping my friend, is this what they say is hard? Because we are all together, we are all everything. So I was tapping my friend, uh, is, this what they, is this what they've hyped so much that they say is hard? So, I just, so after they just pray, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. They sang, we now sat down. Huh. The pastor just said, so you know we've not started, eh? <laughs> me that I already told my friend I said bro uh, is this what they say is this what they say is hard 
So the person, that was the first state. It was like an utterance. He said, you know, we've not started. We, we are just trying to start. Ah. I heard that one. The thing ring in my head. I said, do you, I, heard, I told my friend, do you hear what he said? He said, we've not started. <laughs> so after the, he exhorted us on prayer for about 45 minutes to 50 minutes. Then immediately we went on the field to pray. I saw the sun. I saw the moon. I saw the, I saw the sun again and the moon twice. <laughs> and I was still praying. I was, I, I, you know, it's like saying, I look back, I was like, I, and where we were was in the bush. And I look back and I was like, my ticket, the airport is really far. Is there no way I can run? I look at all the, I'm not joking. I looked at everywhere. And I was just wondering, why can't I run away from here? I mean, did I, I mean, this is not, they did not force me now. I'm the one that said I want to pray. I could easily just run away. So, I was so, you know, I, I, after the meeting, I was blessed. I mean, I, I, me that I went really fat, I became very lean. I mean, within seven days, it was a seven days meeting. In fact, as I'm about to go now, I'm already scared. Because that's that's how that's typically how the meeting is going. Is is it is seven days you are just shut down, retreating, praying, and it's so good. I mean, you'll be able to hear from God on what God has to do. I I prefer it very well because I mean I want to be able to also bless you very well. Do you get what I'm saying? I mean, a pastor must not just keep giving; must learn how to also receive. So uh, and I was just like ah. Even as I'm about going, maybe maybe the reason why I'm talking about this is because I'm about to go now. So. <laughs> The, the thought is done on my head like, hey, God. Anytime, the, anytime I'm about to go again, every year I'm thinking, God, are you sure? Like, I'm not, are you sure I'm not going to? The, <laughs> are you sure the Malaysia community church people will not say, oh, it's gone so soon, Pastor? <laughs> it's not everybody that likes prayer. Don't deceive yourself. I'm not, it's not everybody that likes it. So, but the question is, what do you do after? Immediately, the first day, immediately after, I and it fell on a Christmas day. So I just slept. I just told myself, let me just be eating and let me just go. So I started sleeping. I started, and I had ministration. I even told my friend. I was invited to preach because I after those meetings, I just tried to take some preaching gigs um, so here and there before returning back home. Because I don't I don't like to take preaching gigs in, in between the year from January to December because I just feel like my major focus, the major work that God will judge me for is Banaja Community Church. So I rather answer to my own work very well. Maybe in future, okay, but at least for now, I still have a lot of building to do. Do you get? So I, so after I told my friend, I said, I'm not praying. If you would not pray for your meetings, your problem. I am not praying any prayer for this meeting. I mean, interestingly, you see, see, you can be deceived. Interestingly, people got healed. I mean, the power of God was massive. Things happened. I mean, I was even surprised that, ah, with no prayer, I didn't pray for almost two days going to the meeting. I'm not joking. I, in fact, they woke me up. Like, bro, it's time. Oh, service has started. <laughs> Star companies I just dressed up, took a bike, ran to the place. So as I just entered inside, I was just like, it was when I got inside, I was speaking in tongues like, you know, emergency tongues like, Lord, show yourself. <laughs> Lord, show um, You know, this, uh, me, I'm very sincere. Me, I do. Me, <laughs> I don't think that a typical pastor will share with you. But I will, me, I will, I will be honest with you. I did not pray for two days, though. I, I won't lie to you. I told my friend, I told my friend, if I even smell tongues, <laughs> don't even try it beside me. 
Because I was still, I was happy, oh, I've received, oh, but I was still angry at the whole experience. Nah. So, two days, so I know, so it was the next week, the following week, I just said, okay, ah, I mean, I've actually did enough, it's enough. Uh, you know, you, there's not a way you just be, you'll be feeling it within you that it's enough, oh, bro, it's enough. <laughs> I mean, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Before you had a consistent prayer life, how many of you know what I'm talking about? That? There's just a way you'll be feeling it. Your body will just be telling you that, ah, bro, come back home, come back home, come back home. You have prodigal son, you have done enough, come back. So, it was after that ministration that I started knowing that, bro, come back home. But in my mind, I was like, no. Um, you know, it's like the spirit of the flesh, you are fighting it. No, no, I'm not coming. No, I still want to. And you know, you can just... And for, if you are not very sensitive, I think if I was not a preacher, I might backslide from that experience. You know, it's because I have to preach that keeps me going, that, that kept me going that period. That, oh, I will still have to, I still need to stay fresh. If I don't have anybody I'm probably ministering to, do you know that? <laughs> I look back at that, that, that experience and I'm like, ah, I might not be able to recover. Do you get it? It was the next week and I started trying to pray again and I found out that, ah, ordinary two hours I was struggling, I was yawning. Me that, and I'm not trying to exaggerate, me that six hours is not even a problem. Ordinary two hours, and I'm, and I'm not joking. That was when I told myself, ah, 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 ah. They say there's a problem somewhere. And because, what should a special meeting do? The special meeting should actually keep you on fire, not reduce your fire. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. It should actually keep you blazing. But look at what happened to me. I just went, I just went down. Like, and I won't, I won't, I mean, see, I know these are not typical things that a preacher, a, a typical preacher will want to share with you. But, uh, you know, these are things that you can easily know. And I'll just, and that, that really affected me. And I struggled and I started getting... Do you know that? Let me, let me tell you how I got my meeting. How I got myself back. I was now invited to preach somewhere in January. I mean, December now has passed. It was in that January. That, that was a, it was a prayer meeting, that meeting. So as I just entered into the prayer meeting, I knew... And as a, as a, as a Christian, you must know how to receive. I just, I just... In fact, I was to preach in the meeting, but I just joined the prayer. So from when the person was leading the opening prayer, I just started telling myself, I take my prayer life back. I take my prayer, I just, you know, I just, you know, I just, I just stayed in that atmosphere. From there, I just got better. I was like, hey, thank you, Lord. I was like, thank you. So I was able to now minister to them. And they did not even know that their own meeting blessed my own life. Do you get it? So a believer must be very sensitive. The devil, I always, I said something to us on Friday during prayer meetings. It's like a glory card is even in this house this evening. I, 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 I said something on Friday. I said, do you know that the devil is very revengeful? He doesn't forgive. The devil does not like the fact that you came even in the snow to this kind of service. Hope you know. He is very revengeful. He is very, very revengeful. He does not forgive. And you see him. Eh, we don't have the nature of the devil. We, we, we don't have the nature of the devil. How many of you know that? Unforgiveness 
and revenge or thinking bad about people is devilish. How many of you know that? How many of you know that? How many of you know that that is his bait? He wants you to fall in that bait. Do you notice something that? Go and check 90% of the scriptures and see what many of the people that maybe betrayed, did something wrong, it was always as a result of offense. They just slid into that offense because they couldn't manage their emotions well. They couldn't manage their moods well. They couldn't manage what God is talking to them about. Do you know that God can be talking to you in this service now? And because you are clouded with your emotions, you are clouded with offense, you are clouded with so many thoughts. Hope you, do you know you will not hear him? Do you know that? How many of you know that thing of you can be hearing somebody like this? You can even be writing, but you are not listening. How many of you know that thing? You are not, and that is exactly, I, I believe, and I'm saying this because I know that I came to this service to talk to you by the Spirit of God. I believe many of us have gotten to that shoe where you could actually be playing a message. God can actually lead you to play a message, but your mind is not there. You are actively not listening to it. You are just hearing it too. But you are not listening to it. And that could be God talking to you. And let me tell you, I, I've been saying this thing since the beginning of this year. That, that may we not miss the moment. Do you know that as a pastor, before a service, I could pray. Eh? And I've seen this over the years. And I could just have glimpses of the of vision of the service. And I could see some people in that meeting. And... I know that God has a word for them in that meeting and they will not show up. Do you know that? After the service, I, I probably go and meet somebody that probably knows them and I ask and say, why did the person not come? Do you know that? There is never a really a, a serious excuse they, they really give. And do you know something? I, I, and I said it, and you know I said it in there's a time, there's a place. It seems as though they can easily miss out on that moment for years. And they will keep looking for what God wants them to hear in that meeting for a long time. I'll share something with Joy this evening. That as we were coming to church and I said that, ah, thank God for one relationship that I did not break. <laughs> one, one friendship that I did not break. And I said, do you know that this same person was still the same person that told me one thing that God said to me years ago. And I said, what if I have been in offense with that person? I said, do you know that? I might be praying and praying and God will not say anything because the essence of relationships, let me tell you the essence of relationships. Well, you know, I said this evening is a multi-layered service. I will just be talking to you and I just want you to please listen to me. Are you getting what I'm saying? Do you know the essence of relationship is that? And I'm going to teach us, I, I trust God that maybe next year, January or maybe February, Maybe like a Tuesday service like that. I'll just start a series on Ezad, understanding it, to make us see the essence of relationships again afresh. Do you know that the essence of relationship is such that God puts something in you that you don't have, and the same thing with words. Even married couples will, will tell you something that married couples will tell you this and say, ah, just listen to your partner if you want to do something. They will even tell you, especially listen to your wife. I mean, I've heard those statements before that. Just leave it to your wife. Or, ah, if you know. Do you, that means that God puts certain things in certain people so that you will be in a relationship with them, so that they, they will speak it to you. 
Do you know that there are friends you have that that friend, go put that person there and thank you, Lord. I, I think I'm gradually entering what, what was on my mind to share in this service. Thank you, Lord. Do you know that, that there are friends that God put in your life that the essence of that friendship is so that they will show you God's plan for your life. They will just show you that God called you and maybe their work is done. Some, some relationships are like that. That the essence is just for them to tell you an utterance. And from that utterance, that can set the course of your life forever. How many of you have had relationships that went severe or went south? And you just, sometimes you think about it today and you just think, wow, this should never have happened. How many of you, had, how many of you have had those relationships before that you just say, ah, this should never have happened? I believe God that by the reason of this service, there will be a restoration. Amen. Do you get what I'm saying? Because, the, see, now, now I'm getting into what I really wanted to talk about that, that was on my mind. Because as a preacher, many a times when, when you are preparing for a service, I started preparing for this Tuesday service about three, four days ago. And, or, I mean, this is even before Sunday, so that should be since last week. I've been preparing for this Tuesday service. And there's just some things that have just been coming a lot to my mind. And I wrote something in my personal study notes. And I said that we should learn to treat relationships well because relationships are all that we have. And I said that um, the greatest asset of a man is the relationship he has. And the greatest disadvantage of a man is the relationship he has to. The greatest asset, let me tell you, look at me everybody. The greatest, the all that matters to you at this point in your life is not the money you have, it's not the cars, it's not your ambition. It's actually the men in your life. And the people that can destroy it also is the men in your life. So that leads me to a passage that I want to show you. Look at in Genesis 8. That leads me to what I want to talk about. Thank you, Lord. Genesis 8. You know, because as a preacher, and why, why am I talking as a preacher? Because I, I'm training you people to be a preacher too someday. I'm, I'm teaching you how to also know how to pick impressions of the Spirit of God. There's something that happened here in, in Genesis 8 verse 22. This was after the whole head was about starting again and everything. There was something that the writer of Genesis wrote, and it seemed to be a consistent thing even in the scripture, that even the, the, the writer of Ecclesiastes put it, and even, even, um, even Paul had to talk about it. Look at in that Genesis 8.22. It says, Why the head remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and the day and night shall not cease. Mm. Do you notice that even the book of Ecclesiastes, in Ecclesiastes 3, he said there's a time to be born. There, is, there seems to be that thing about seasons. Such that even Paul will write in Ephesians and say, redeem me the time. He says, Don't be, he says we should be circumspect. We, we should um, 
don't be circumspect. Abi, is it is it don't be circumspect, or we should let to be circumspect for the times? He says we should redeem the time for the days are evil and something like that. Ah, that brings me to understand that there will always be times and seasons in a man's life because the earth is continually going through renewers. You remember in, in camp meeting, I showed us something. I said our purpose and our and our and God's plan for our lives is tied to the plan of this earth. Remember I told us, and I told us that we have a collective plan, right? I told us that. And I said, so that means there will be seasons in the earth because the earth is a work in progress. I've always, I've said this and I've not always said it, but I've started saying it that don't expect that this earth is going into an extinction. It's a lie. It's a lie. From, it's not in the Bible. And we can explain every context of the scripture that looks like it well. God cannot create a head that will get destroyed. It's not possible. So we, we, some people are waiting for another afterlife. When God put man on this head. So I told us in camp meeting, I said that if we are not on this head, we are as well useless. Because our major purpose, our, the major thing, we have to fulfill, and these are things we're going to be studying from, we started, we started our thoughts and conversation from Sunday. We started it on Sunday, but we're going to put more attention to it next year. The, when he made man, he created the whole head and put man there. So that means, it's like saying, look at something. It's like saying you created, it's like saying you created this building and you, you decided and you say you will destroy this building. Does it make sense? And you will now destroy the people in the building plus the building. It doesn't make sense now. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it can't be God wanting to destroy the earth. So that I, that's why I said, try and live long. Please pray. Let's pray. Let's do all the earth. Are you getting what? Let's take all the earth. See, they tell you, if your, if your doctor tells you, take this medical advice. Don't say, oh, I believe the power of God. You better take it. Me, I do medical checkup. Oh. Ah, <laughs> you better take it because you want to live long. Are you getting what I'm saying? If you notice that, ah, there's a way your body is doing somehow, just, it's, it's just because, let me tell you, if you leave this earth, you are useless to God. You are useless, you, there's not, what will you be doing? Do you notice something that the psalmist said? He said, even the stones, he says, he says you will raise stones to praise him. Do you know what, is, what Ezekiah said when Ezekiah was told that he would die? Ezekiel turned to the boy and said, God, you know, it's only the living that can praise you. And God told him, this guy to go and add another extra 15 years. Because it's the truth. Only the living can do something substantial. Are you getting what I'm saying? So in all you're doing, thank him for life and try and stay alive. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Try and stay alive. Don't be wishing death. Don't be saying, hey. God, God should just come down and kill everybody. No, me, I'm not ready to be killed. <laughs> I'm not ready to go yet. I still have the nations of the world to reach. Because the head is tied to my identity. Okay, so now, it, having said that, that said, that shows there are seasons and time in a man's life that every man must try and recognize. There will be good seasons and there will be bad seasons. And let me tell you, there will never be 100% a perfect season. Never. Never, never, never. 
The same thing with relationships. There will be good seasons in relationships and bad seasons in relationships. But let me tell you, you must be the one to remain constant in those seasons. Just like even nature teaches us, look at now, there's winter. Just before we knew it, we blinked our eyes, there was summer. It looks like summer is always, the very, is, is always very fast and winter is always very long. Before we knew it, there was fall. And that is actually how life and man is. Man also has those seasons. Exercises told us in exercises, there's a time to be born. There's a time to die. There's, there's just that seasons in your man's life. There's a season where, there's a season where you just, you pray. I met someone on outreach yesterday, because we went on outreach, and we met someone, they said, we, we said, he doesn't believe in God. And I said, why? He said, ah. He said, he said, he doesn't, he just doesn't like God. He said, he said, um, he said that um, God is not answering all his prayers now. And I said, and I said, he's trying every other means. And I said, as the other, and I asked him, has the other means worked? He said, no, he has not worked. And I said, why don't you keep trying? Why don't you just keep trying God? Have you have prayed before and it looks like oh, no, none of your prayer is getting answered. Okay. Do you know what somebody else will do in that kind of season? The person will give up. That season does not always remain. I've been a Christian for a, for a while. I mean, not just a Christian, but actively serving God even in the course of the ministry. I can tell you something like the palm of my hands. Situations and challenges never last long. It's a myth. It's a lie. It's a big lie. It's just a season. And let me tell you, many of us don't know what to do in those seasons. There's a series I've been saying I want to teach, I want to teach, I want to teach. Maybe 2024 I will change the place situation. Maybe 2024 I will do it. Maybe. If God will lead us dead. So, God, and let me tell you one thing about God. God also works with seasons. Look at Joseph. Let's take Joseph in the scripture for instance. Do you notice that Joseph was that guy in scripture that seemed to have several seasons in his life? I will give you an I will give you I will give you I will give you the paraphrase. Do you notice that Joseph, right from the very right from his early stage, there was a season where his father loved him, such that his father gave him coat of many color, even among his peers. Another season, he started dreaming. He just started dreaming. He started seeing the supernatural beings bow down to him, and all his brothers were jealous. Another season of his life, it seemed like the season kept changing. Another season of his life, they decided, I would, wait, let me look at something. Though. Does it make sense that your whole family member wants to sell you? Not just sell you, kill you. Do you know it was just one brother that said, let's not let the blood of, let's not let blood in our hands. So that's why they didn't kill him. They would have allowed kill him because it was just one brother that said, let's not put blood in our hands. So that means he would have actually been gone. So they sold him. Guess what now happened? He now went into the prison. I expected, you know, if you were the one, look at me, if you were the one that saw your father tell you a prophecy via coats of many color, 
that sold dreams, not once, not twice, not three times, that ah, you are going to be great. And now you are in a pit. Not just even in a pit, you are in a prison. What would you say? You will be like Job now, cause you'll be like Job's wife, cause God and die. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. You'll be like Job's wife and say, cause God and die. You just were hallucinating. What you saw did not, what you saw is not true. You know what the brothers too will think? Let's see how the dream too will come to pass now. But in spite of that, God was working things out. Now, in the dream, he now became a G, like, <laughs> I expected that. You know, in the, in the prison, he now became that everybody coming to him. In fact, the sheep buckler forgot him. The sheep buckler told him, I will remember you. Be, who is that person that said he will remember him? He said, he will remember him. Forgot him. And I remembered him years after. No, you know, you, you are reading it as a story today. But we are talking of a man's story of years, 10 years, 15 years, 12 years old. They gave him coat of many colors. Look at years in the prison. Yes, yes, yes. You know, we are reading it now. It looks like a film, two hours movie. <laughs> but we are talking about somebody whose life experienced several seasons. Now, watch carefully. He now got into Potiphar's house. I mean, after everything. You know, at that point, he's expected to just, you know, everything is supposed to just be going well. I mean, he has tried his best. He will just even be thinking, thank you, Lord. I mean, if I thought, you know, how, how we talk now as believers, if I, if I thought I can just even get money to just eat, I will praise you. You know, he got to the point where at least I'm just a slave here. Let me just be working. And in that same Potiphar's house, a problem came to meet him. Not just a good problem. A problem from his, his boss wife. It looks like problem kept coming right center left. From his boss wife. Say, sleep with me. Ha. And look at what he said. He said, how shall I do this great sin? And sin against my master. You know, despite his seasons, he did not change from that YouTube boy he was. You know, if it is somebody who say, with all I've been through, come, come, let me lie. <laughs> At least let me use this one as a reward. And do you know that he could just be cut off from that? Do you know Satan always played the long game? Oh, he does. He would just say, oh, you know what? Ah. And everything will be cool. Everything will be cool. And it can just be cut off. And from there, because he didn't do it, they now, just like social media scandal today, you're going to put it on social media. I remember one time, they, they wanted to put a scandal on, on Neymar. I don't know if you watched that. I don't know if you knew that time. Neymar, the footballer. Do you know, he, thank God he was recording it in his room. That the, the lady came out and said that uh, he, he um, what they call it, sexual harassment, uh, verbalizing. But he was already, thank God he was, he had camera. He was even the lady that was harassing him. No. And, but the lady came out and said, and that would have spoiled his entire career. You know, just so the same thing the woman did, cried out, and you know, in our word today, and I'm sorry to say, Social media will believe the woman's story. That's the truth. 
no matter who is right or wrong, the women will always be wrong with a sexual harassment story. That's the truth. With social media uh, issue. So, who, what would you expect the husband to do? They lock him back in prison. If you were the one, did they lock back in prison? What will you do? You'll be blaming yourself. Well, I should have just done it. <laughs> Are you seeing seasons? He's now back again in prison. And yet, God was working something. Such that he now got into the throne. And from that prison, he now became... Look at how God was working. He now became the leader. And when his brothers will come, he told them, God sent me ahead. You know, I expect, if it was you and I, you start forming... If it was me, I would... I, Honestly, I look at that story and I, and I think if it was me, I would actually, I would actually be, I would actually be, I want to revenge, at least for my brothers. I want to show them Pepe. I want to, uh, uh, after all I've suffered, after all I've suffered. But do you notice that it did not change? He just kept, he said, God sent me ahead to prepare me for you. Wow. So he saw all he went through as God doing it for him. Can we, look at where I'm going to, can we learn how to undo the different seasons of our lives? See, listen to me, uh, it will not always be good. Mm -mm, mm -mm. As far as you are on this earth, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Don't say because all the prayer I prayed did not get answered, I will now stop praying. No. You will see the rains of it later. That's when you should now intensify and pray more. I should get to what I'm saying. Don't, we, we've not learned how to handle... I'm talking in two perspectives. We've not learned how to handle difficulties and difficulties even in relationships. There are seasons also in relationships such that there are seasons where you are just you just like this person, you want to talk to this person all the time, you miss the person. And there are seasons where you just be like, leave me alone. And that leave me alone. If you don't know how to handle it very well, it could be the breaking of the entire relationship. So I I I I trust God that tonight we our years are. Our ears are really open to the depths of what I'm really saying. To, to truly understand. We said how to stay with the flow, right? Now, how do we stay with the flow? That means we must remain hungry. We must just remain that, that you know, having that sense of reverence, having that sense of keeping the fire burning in and out of season. We must just stay that fresh. It is something I, I tell you and I say to myself every time. By the time you will hear me again next Tuesday, I don't want to be stale. That's me. I want to be fresh. By the time you come for at least even Sunday service again, I don't want to remain the way I am this Tuesday. I want to stay fresh. That is why. And, and, and if I boast, I boast in Christ. You can't pick any of my sermon and not see and not be blessed. Because it's a consistent practice I've made over the years to just want to stay fresh. 
you can't come to a meeting, you can't come to any of our services and not live with something tangible. Even if we played all through, you will live with a significant thing. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Because it's, it's just a... It, and I, I'm praying to God. I, I'm trusting God and I, I, I'm relying on God's help. I, I mean, I, can't, I don't have it all figured out. I'm still trusting God for my own thing. But I'm just relying on God. That, that's, that's, all, that's where I want to be. Just remain fresh. In spite and despite. I'm going through my own problems. I'm going through my own challenges. But my, the puppet and the children of God must not suffer it. I have my own challenges, I have my own troubles, I have my own things I'm dealing with, I have everything. But you know what? The men that the lives that God has called me for must they will not, it's not as if I should not come to church this evening and I should not be telling you, brethren, do you know what you don't even know what I'm going through? You don't even know. And, and you are just reacting. That shows you have not prayed. Because when you pray, you will just you will just stay fresh. So there will always be times and seasons. In fact, when Jesus was leaving the earth in Acts 1 verse 8, they asked him a question. Should we be waiting? He says, the times and seasons is not given for you to know. And so that shows in life, in the ministry, in our relationships, there are times and seasons. I have gone through very good times before. Like, that season, everything was just so good. I don't know if you, let me see your hands. And I remember I've gone through, wow, your eyes have seen. That's life. That's why you're on this earth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Remember where we started from? We said, the most vulnerable time in the life of a man is that major victory. So that means you are the one that will stay consistent in and despite the seasons. You are the one that will say, no matter the season, I'm going to keep praying. No matter the season, I'm going to keep studying the word. No matter the season, I'm going to keep feeding on the word. No matter the season, I'm going to keep preaching. No matter the season, I'm going to keep doing what God has called me to do. I, I don't know if you get what I'm saying. There's something that somebody, there's something I said on someone's status, and that thing really blessed me. So the person asked me, what's your plan for the future? The person said, God's plan. Ah, I was like, wow. Person said, so what if the person said it will work because I will still be in God's plan? Person said, what's, what's your plan for the next 15 years? Person said, God's plan. Ah, it was like a call and response. I saw the thing on the person. I wanted to repost it, but I, I probably will go and screenshot it and repost it tonight. That thing really blessed me. Like, ah, what's your plan? God's plan. What's, what's your plan for tomorrow? Person said, God's plan. What's your plan for the next 15 years? I will still be in God's plan. What if something don't work out? Well, I trust God because I will be in his plan, it will work out. Ah! And I just felt, wow. As far as I'm in God's plan, as far as I'm doing his will, I, I am aware of the times and seasons. Because even Jesus himself went through it. Do you notice that? There was a time in Jesus' life, he was preaching, he was teaching, training his disciples, turning water to bread. And do you know that? There was a time he was not doing it. Before 30 years old, he was not. Everything we read about Jesus' story today is that 30 to 33 years. We don't have intricate details except a little pinch of detail of his 12 years. We don't have intricate details of what he did from age 0 to age 30. So, he went through seasons. Okay, another season will be his death, his burial, and his resurrection. That's his season now. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Look at the apostles. 
So that shows that, in fact, let's even, let's even just stay on Joseph's story alone. Did God's plan for his life not come to pass? Did it not come to pass? But look at, look at how many dungeons he had to go through. Like Paul will say, I fought the beast of Ephesus. Look at how many beasts of Ephesus he had to fight before he got there. So, hold on tight. Are you hearing what I'm saying, guys? That's what I came to this service to tell you. You, as far as you are in God's plan, you see, as far as you even came to church this, after, this evening, I believe you are still in God's plan. <laughs> you are still in God's plan for his life. Don't worry. He knows how to work it out. He, that is his job. Leave him to do it. Look at what I'm saying. You know, we said last week, we said how to keep the, how to keep, how to stay, how to maintain the flow. We said you will continue in prayer, right? So that means there must be no season of your life. You know, we said there is no hinge to prayer. That they, in the scripture you never see, so we stop praying. All you see is scripture continue in prayer, be instant in prayer, pray without season. So that means every season of our life, I stay praying. So that means, as far as I'm praying, I'm in, I'm in God's plan. Can we say that? Can we say that? So can we say, why was Jesus praying all the time? He just wants to stay in God's plan. Okay. We said in number two, we continue our devotion to God's word. As far as we, co- we continue studying the word, we continue feeding on God's word. That shows that we can be hearing daily instructions. I remember I told you, I said, you must learn to listen. And that means that there's a way you can listen such that you can be clouded. You know, God can be talking to you now. Even in a service like this, and your mind can be somewhere else. And he's trying to catch you out there. How many of you, you've had to play a message and rewind the message like 10 times? You're just going back. Ah, you're just going. How many of you have had that experience? A whole lot. A whole lot. In fact, there was no midnight. <laughs> there was no midnight. I woke up. And then I used to, not, not now. I've not been doing it a lot. Then I used to sleep with messages on, just playing message. So I just woke up that night and I just years old. So I was just going back. I just kept going back. I kept reminding it, but it looked like I was not hearing it. So I had to, it was like I had to even stop and pray again and pick it again. And I found out that ah, that's God talking. All these things we do on recorded sermon. I mean, if you could, you could be in a service like this and Maybe like in the next four months, you pick up a, this salmon on, you keep up this salmon. You're wondering, was I in the service? Was I in that service? Ha, how come is how come I'm hearing it again? Like they just thought it. I've had that experience before. That see, it shows that God is wanting to catch your attention on something, and you must pay attention because it is His word. I mean, we are not preaching ourselves. It is His word. Are you getting what I'm saying? So we continue in the word. That's we stay in this plan, right? That's, that's how we stay in the flow. That's how we continue burning, right? We say we question not the spirit. That is, we keep doing the activities of the spirit, all right? So in a despite the season, good times, bad times, right? We continue with that, right? Right? You know one thing that the scriptures say, and that thing keeps me going. I heard that thing from a particular preacher, and that thing has blessed my life. It's, it's a scripture in Corinthians. I, I still can't, I, I can't pinpoint it. It says, um... If we faint not, um, we reap if we faint not. Ah, I, that scripture keeps me going like, wow. As far as we don't stop, we will reap what we are doing. Don't think prayer is a waste though. I've always told you, prayer is an investment. It's like a bank that you are being stored, that is being stored. 
prayer will always work. It will never fail. The word of God will never fail. I've always said this over the years. Never. Also, I've only, I told you, the fellowship of the brethren, the supernatural relationships you have, I told you, who is your greatest asset in life? Men. The relationships you have. The friendships. And I trust God that restored, broken relationships, I mean, broken supernatural relationships will be restored. In the name of Jesus. You know, so, that means that also our company together. You know what, what the writer of Hebrews said? He says, not forsaking the assembly of the brethren, as the manner of son is. In us is bustering one another. In us is provoking one another to good works. So that means that when I'm in the fellowship of the brethren or with of or the guardian of the believers, I am also in God's plan for my life. I am receiving God's help. Does that make sense? So that relationship, those things he has brought you to, learn how to manage it. And that's why we have to walk in love a lot. Look at me, see, brethren, see me. There is no relationship that is good. And when I'm talking about relationship, I'm talking about your romantic relationship, I'm talking about your um, friendship, supernatural relationships, friendship, people that have helped you work in God's plan, people that have stayed you to pray. There is no relationship like that that the devil likes. Remember I told you, he is very revengeful. He does not forgive. He has seen how that relationship has blessed lives. He has seen how what you people have done, you have steered yourselves to pray. You have seen how what you people have done, you have casted out demons. You now think he will let you go like that. He's coming for it. That's why it seems like the rate of divorce is very high today in our country. And that's because a lot of people don't know how to manage times and seasons. So we must learn to manage those relationships. And I believe God that the devil will not win over our relationship. And I'm not talking about just romantic relationships. I'm talking about even our friendships. That is all we have in life. I'm telling you. Beyond caste, beyond money, beyond our degrees, beyond everything. Is that men are what we have. So that, you can't say you are isolated. I said that in, in camp meeting. You can't say you are isolated. You can't. You can't say you don't want people. That thought is devilish. That thought of, I don't want to talk to anybody, is a lie. Do you notice that? If, when you eventually get to yourself, it is people you will still talk to. But ensure that you don't talk to the wrong person. That's all. Because the devil will also project the wrong people to come to your life. I've always told you, man is a product of influence. The reason why people are doing the wrong thing today is because of the influence they are. And the reason why people are doing the right thing today is because of the influence they have. So, I would be the one to decide and say, in that out of season, I'll stay consistent. I'll stay faithful. I'll stay keeping my fire for God. I will stay knowing how to flow with the Spirit of God all the time. So you must always, you must know how to manage seasons. And you must know how to, you must always know when the seasons are around. So like I always tell us, don't always think, you know, there will never be this 28th November Tuesday service again in life. You know, I always tell you that. Next week Tuesday service will not be like this one. So don't always think, oh, I will get it next week. No, no. Don't always think, should be I miss this year's camp meeting. Or I miss this year's special meeting. I will get it next year. Ha, don't think like that. Should be I miss this, I will get it. Mm -mm. Don't think like that. 
there could be something that God has placed or put in that meeting that he wants you to get. So, learn to walk in love. You know, anger is the bait of the devil. Hope you know. Anger. You're just angry. You want to do something wicked. You want to... And let me... Do you know... How many of you have... How many of you have been angry before? And there your anger. I, I am somebody that I like to sit back and watch things a lot. How many of you have also said that when you're angry, it seems like you, you are just supernaturally led somehow to do... To take some actions. I don't know if I've observed that before. You just be angry. From that anger, you can just maybe break a bottle. From that anger, you can just block somebody. From that anger, you can just... It, it seems like that's actually how the devil leads. That's not God. That cannot be God. I've always told you, when you are angry, that's when to walk in love the most. You have to deal with it immediately. Don't take any action in anger. Don't. I finished praying before. And immediately, let me tell you how the devil is so, so stupid. I said this story years ago and I'll tell you again. I finished praying like this. And I mean, about three hours prayer. And guess how the devil worked immediately? I went to go and fight my dad physically. Do you see that anger is stupid? Oh, devilish. You can't say that's God. You can't say that's God. So, Learn to walk in love a lot. So, tell yourself, I won't get angry with anybody. Nobody, you know, you can tell yourself and say, nobody will really make me angry. I will never, make, I will never be angry with anybody. I will kill everybody with the love of God. You know how the scripture told us in Romans 12, to repay evil for good is to actually do good. To repay evil for evil. That issue of repaying evil, when he was talking about heaping coal of fire on the head of people, and he was saying the best way to do evil back to people is just to do good. You know, you can make your, your mind and say, as a Christian, in and out of season, I will never be angry with people. I will walk in love strongly. I will keep my love work fresh. I would stay afloat with walking in love. You know, such that you are not, you know, when you are, I've always told you, when you, are, when you are offended, my pastor used to say, when you are offended, you will never see what God is doing. Never. You will never see his plan. All that will be on your mind when you are offended is to destroy it. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Is to destroy the relationship, destroy the plan, destroy everything you have built, destroy everything. You are not thinking at that point. No, don't be like that. You are still. Do you notice that? Do you notice Joseph? Joseph was never angry. How many of you have said that in his story? Go and read the story again. I challenge you to go and read it. Go and read the story again. He was never angry all throughout his experience. So that means that means Joseph learned at the early age to stay in the spirit. In and out of season. Do you notice that he was never even angry with Potiphar's wife? There was no record of whether he was angry with them. With her. There was no, no record of how he was angry with his brothers. He said, God meant it for good. So that means that in and out of season, if I stay in the spirit, in love, I will still walk in God's plan, no matter what. But if I, do you know that when, we, when we're hungry and we speak words, we can't take them back. Those words have traveled far, that he could not mess the person up. Remember I told you, two things we have in life, men and men. <laughs> men will make us 
And it's the same man that will also destroy us. But it's you that will choose to your tent. Do you want to be destroyed? Or do you want to stay angry if you are being destroyed? You know, people will speak bad against you. People will say things about you. People will say rubbish against you. But you are the one that will just tell yourself, walk in love. I remember there was a time in our ministry where they told us we are the devils. Abi now. You remember those times? Eh? We said, we are what? Darkness. We are the darkness. And we want, and you know, the best way I the best way me I responded is a conference. <laughs> That's the way I responded. Just move, use the move of the spirit to respond. So then I asked the question, are we still the darkness? <laughs> that was indirectly the way I asked the question. Are we still the darkness? Because you just do good. Are you getting what I'm saying? You know that we that, that our honor work is fresh. You know, honor too keeps us afresh. That we stay honorable. So that means that what do you do after a church service? You know, I'm just talking in general. You know, I'm saying, I'm, I'm talking on us on how to, what, what we say is title again, how to stay with the flow, right? So, so also after a church service, do you know that the devil can easily come? Like now, after this service. That means you are the one that would decide to say, I will be the one to stay consistent, right? I'll be the one to stay honorable. I'll be the one to keep my love work afresh. I'll be the one to keep my prayer alive. I'll be the one to... So that means there's an activity to do, right? I'll be the one not to quench the spirit. I'll be the one to... And that's why, as a pastor or as a minister of the gospel, you must watch your mood. And I'm going to... One of the things I'm going to teach us next year is handling your emotions. That the devil also work with our moods, work with our emotions... And it can be very dangerous if you are not careful as a preacher of the gospel. You, you will just be talking. You won't know that you're actually responding and reacting with the devil. That's why I used to tell you that preaching is supernatural many a times. And you must be very careful. So you must ensure you're well designing. You must ensure that you keep your attitude. You keep that, you know, that fresh attitude. Of, you know, remember that time you, you just got born again where you're just, you know, where you're just loving God. When somebody step on your toe, you look at them and say, bless you. You know, that, that, you know, remember those days? You got born again and somebody touched you and say, say if it was before. <laughs> that, that was how I got born. Those were the era I got born. If it was before, you touch me, I'll, go let, I'll let you go. You go, yeah. <laughs> I'll just let you go. You remember that fresh attitude of, wow, I'm, I'm still a Christian. I'm born again. I know how to forgive. I know how to walk in love. I don't know how to hold grudges with people. I hope you know that holding grudges can stifle prayer. I hope you know. I taught you in binding and losing. Go and listen to binding and losing. I taught you in binding and losing. Why do you think Peter said that if you are having grudges even with your wife or your partner, ensure you start to it before you pray? I prefer I've read that scripture before in the book of First Peter. Ah, very easy to Grudges can keep things away from you. Ensure that you just stay that innocent, that, that good attitude. And, you know, it will really bless you. Play for me, I close. So, I, I'll say this. Not all prayer times will be enjoyable. Just maintain that attitude. Are you getting what I'm saying? Not all prayer times will look sweet to say, oh, I just want to pray. Mm. Not all study times or feeding on the world. You know, you, you can have a consistent practice that of feeding on the word every day. Not every time it will be sweet. It's not. It's, I, I can tell you with years of experience, there are times I study, I'll just have a headache. I'll just close it. It's not. But you just have to do it. But 
you know so that means having a christian walk means I, it requires depth and um, i must know the things to do i must know the things not to do right so i continue in prayer i continue in the study of the word i i i really don't know if i bless you this did i did i really bless you this evening okay thank you lord I, I continue in prayer. I continue in the study of God's word. I continue in um, in my devotion to the word. I continue in preaching. I continue in that supernatural relationship that I don't know how to. You know, when you were younger, I say born again Christian. When you first got born, when somebody when somebody offends you, you don't feel like God bless you. I still love you. I remember when I got born again. Those years I got born again. These are the times we used to we used to. Um, use this scripture wrongly. If somebody stabbed you on this cheek, turn the left. So, they, we used to do when 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 high school then, they would slap you like this. They say, "Should be a ball again." Turn the left, second one. <laughs> and because you don't even know the scripture, you will turn it. You see, I, look at that innocent mind. Don't because of all the seasons and experiences you've had now as a human being change that kind of innocence. I tell myself, even as a pastor, I tell myself, I don't want to, I want to remain a childlike. I always want to. I never want to. You know, one of the things that God says in the scripture is that he receives the proud. I don't want to ever be full in my eyes. Or, you know, so, walk in love all the time walk in honor all the time you know your honor work is such that you have esteem you have esteem for your prayer life esteem for the study life esteem for the men that god has placed over your life esteem for the people around you that's your honor work you have esteem for them esteem for gatherings supernatural gatherings esteem for you know those relationships see if there was no barnabas there would be no paul that's the truth. If there was no John the Baptist, there will be no Jesus. There won't be an Elisha without an Elijah. There won't be a Timothy without a Paul. So we all need men. That's the truth. We all need men. You can't afford to severe all your relationships. Now, listen. I'm not saying... There are some of you that you have relationships with people you should not talk to. I'm not saying those are, you're not saying now, go on, go on. That's not what I'm saying. That's the devil talking to you now. I'm not saying there's a people that you not talk to, you're not going to start texting and say we should not see their relationship. That's not being smart. There are some supernatural ones, you know that. Me and you, we have a plan to fulfill on this earth. And God will restore it back. Don't force it, don't worry. Don't, don't go and start your own journey. Calm down. God will restore it back. Hallelujah. So, there are times and seasons, right? How many of us understand that? There are times and seasons. So, but I must remain consistent, right? In, in and despite the weather, I mean, despite the weathers and challenges of life now, I must stay consistent, right? How about we just pray for ourselves this evening? Let's just pray for ourselves. How about we pray for ourselves? I don't know what this message means to you this evening. I, I honestly don't know. But I I trust God that you probably heard God this evening. I want you to pray for yourself. I really don't know what this message means to you. 
what this message means to your life, your relationships, your your work with God. I really don't know, but I, I I just just spend the next one minute praying for yourself, praying the Holy Ghost, deep in everything you've heard this evening, and just pray about it. What whatever came to you in the course of this conversation this evening is God talking to you. That's how it works. Whatever stood out in your heart that is still lingering, that hasn't left your heart since I was talking, that is still in your heart even as I'm praying, that's actually God talking to you. And I know he did spoke to you this evening. Pray about it. Pray about it. That we remain childlike. We remain that little boy, that little girl, still serving the Lord. We know how to wither the storms in and out of seasons. Pray for yourself. That's by the reason of this meeting, and I'm praying for every one of you. And that as you are praying for yourself, I'm praying for you. That by the reason of this service this evening, your life will take a new form. Old shackles will break. You will step into new territories. As you approach new seasons of your life, Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So I'll say this. I believe many of us in this service this evening, we are approaching a new season of our lives. The weather will be good, the weather will be not good. Are you getting what I'm saying? But we must be the ones who remain faithful, right? Consistent. Father, never you think your prayer was not answered. It's a lie. You want to tell me Joseph did not pray? He did. Are you getting what I'm saying? But you know that. Remember what I said. Like that I know like the palm of my hands. No season remains the same. It's a lie. You will come out of that situation, that challenge stronger. Are you getting what I'm saying? I've been a person. I've worked with people and I've counseled people. And I, I, one thing I always tell people. When, whenever somebody comes to me and tell me a challenge, I say, do you know that? This will be resolved. That's the first thing I say. Because I've seen it over time. It will be resolved. There is no issue that doesn't have a solution by the power of God. So I see that we are we're entering new seasons of our lives. New faces. We must keep our love walk. Ensure you don't stay bitter. Bitterness, offense is the devil's too. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That is how the devil works. Don't stay bitter with anyone. Remember I told us it's men that we all have, right? Don't stay bitter. Don't stay bitter with your spouse. Don't stay bitter with your romantic relationships. Don't stay bitter with your friends. Don't stay bitter. Walk in love. Pray for people. Are you getting what I'm saying? These are not times you these are not times that you go to Walmart now and you are fighting with any random person. You hear what I'm saying as an instruction? These are not times you you just let the devil use you to, to argue with just any random person or fight with any random person, even on social media. You never can tell who is of a help to you now. I'm telling you this by the Spirit of God. This is a time to walk in love with courtesy to every person. 
greet everybody politely, greet even if they offend you or step on your toe. Just wow, just, I never even saw, even though you are seeing it. I'm telling you by the spirit of God, you never can tell if that will be the way things will come out for you. I I I I've been I've been preparing for this service since last week, and it's very unusual because I just felt like there were things that God will have me say in this meeting. And interestingly, I, I tried not to write notes, so I just brought my own personal study notes just to just pick out things in my own personal study notes to just say to us, are you getting what I'm saying? Why would God want us to hear something like this tonight? It shows probably this. I believe that many times when we come to service, it's a foresight. It's like saying, see what's about to happen, prepare yourself for it, so you will be able to undo it well. Do you get what I'm saying? So, these are not times to get angry with anybody. These are not times to fight with anybody. And if you have fought with anybody, it's okay. God will restore things back. You don't have to force it yourself. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's a lot of times to, 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 to severe relationships. It's a times to walk in love, to be in, in the spirit a lot. And the best way to walk in love is that you feed in the word a lot and pray. By that time, you will have the root of bitterness will stay much. Are you getting what I'm saying? And um, God will help us all. In the name of Jesus. I, I pray for us that we are strengthened by the Spirit of God as we approach new seasons of our life, new territories, new work, new, you know, as we even go into even in the natural, new jobs, new new challenges, new businesses, new faces. As I trust God for His strength for us. As a church, we are stronger. Even as we approach new seasons, we are strong. In the name of Jesus. And we know how to withstand every storm. In the name of Jesus. We walk in love always. We are not bitter. Every root of bitterness in this atmosphere is gone. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God.